Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wherever You Turn podcast. This is Amen Abdin Munaim, and this episode is titled Spoiled Dates. It's been a while since I last recorded. I think it had to do mostly with fatigue. There's the fatigue of finishing the fasting of the month of Ramadan. There is the fatigue of three months of dealing with this new normal of the COVID pandemic. So that muse that would that speaks to me, that gives me those ideas, just seemed to be silent, or at least I could not hear him. But he started talking to me a couple of weeks ago when news came out with the George Floyd murder and the muse started to speak to me more and more as the protests broke out and the looting and the subsequent conversations and chatter all across social media. And I found that there was something to be said. And so what I wanted to talk about today was actually to focus on one particular verse in the Quran that's resonated with me. It shows my state of mind in a lot of ways. And this is in the chapter Isra, verse 16. And Isra refers to an event during the life of the Prophet Muhammad in which he is has traveled in a night journey from Mecca, from his bed in Mecca, to Jerusalem and ascended into the heavens. That is Isra. But this chapter also refers to, is also known as Bani Israel, Surah Bani Israel. It is the chapter of Bani Israel, the children of Israel. And so much of the chapter focuses and revolves around addressing the children of Israel. And in verse 16, and I'll read the Arabic first, God says, وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِقَ قَرْيَةً أَمَرْنَا مُتْرَفِيهَا فَفَسَقُوا فِيهَا فَحَقَّ عَلَيْهَا الْقَوْلُ فَدَمَّرْنَاهَا تَدْمِيرًا This is one of those direct verses. I mean, in Scripture, many times, there are stories, there are allegories, there are symbols, and then there are declarations, direct answers to questions, and this is one of those verses where God says, and when we desire the destruction of a town. So God is directly addressing this sort of question. Maybe that, that question of human history, that idea that civilizations rise and civilizations fall. And so what is it? What are the conditions that cause the fall of a civilization? This is addressing that question directly. So in the destruction of a, a village, of a nation, of a civilization, what are those 
conditions. The verse continues, God, we command those who live a life of luxury within that community. Yet those same people commit iniquity therein. Thus the word comes down and do against it, and we annihilate it completely. And so I want to focus on two particular words in this verse, which really resonate with the situation happening around us. If you're like me, it's felt apocalyptic. 2020 has just a feeling of apocalypse around it. Everything from a global pandemic to the protests that we are seeing to the government releasing footage of UFOs and stories coming out of an asteroid you know, that's passing by planet Earth. It just feels like all that's left is just zombies to show up and knock on the door. And so it makes me think about, gosh, is there a bigger change that's occurring? Civilizations thrive and civilizations die. And is that what I am experiencing or what we are experiencing right now? And so this verse has resonance with me. And so the two words that I want to focus on is first that those who are commanded are a particular people. Described here in Arabic, mutrafiha is the word, which is translated in the translation, those who live a life of luxury. But when we look at the root of the word, and that root is tarafu in Arabic, and we look at what the linguists would say and what it meant in the language of the Arabs of that time, a tarafu is talking about a situation in which one is given an excess of na'ma, of blessing. So in other words, any time in which, or if you picture Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you have your base needs, you know, just to keep you alive. If you want to picture it as anything that you need that is kind of on top of it, any nama, any blessing that we get that is sort of on top of that, that is excess, it's extra, then that is what tarafu is. And so in mutrafiha, the ones who are commanded in the village are mutrafiha, those who have this excess, this extra, the word I'd like to use is privilege. Privilege is excess nama. So everybody, in some way or another, from one dimension or another, we all have privilege. And that's a word that is being used a lot these days. The idea of privilege. So we command those who have privilege, mutrafiha. But what do they do? Fafasakufiha. So fisq is the second word. And what is this word 
fisk. In translation, it talks about that they commit iniquity. But linguistically, what fisk means and refers to is actually what the Arabs would use the word in the context of dates. So one of the most prominent fruits and agriculture in, in, for the Bedouins of Arabia during the time 1400 years ago was dates. The oasis town of Medina that the prophet immigrated to was famous for and continues to be very famous for its dates. So fasq, fisq actually refers to a situation with dates. In particular, it has to do with the stages of development of the date. So there are about five different stages in the development of a date. And one of those stages is called the rutab. And it's actually very interesting because as I was as I was looking into this, it turns out that even in English, they've taken the Arabic words and used it to describe the dates cycles and its development. And so rutab, R-U-T-A-B, is actually the English word used for this fourth stage of development of the date. And the fisk of the rutab refers to a spoiling of the, that rutba. Now, you have to picture what the rutab looks like because the rutab is the point in the development of this fruit in which the meat of the date is very moist and there is a very thin layer shell that surrounds the date in this state. And so the Arabs would call rotab if that outer shell got breached and thus the rotab gets spoiled from the inside. And so what will happen is that you'll pick this up, you'll pick up the, the rotba date, and it will look, at least on the surface of it, it'll look like it's in good, it, good condition, yet because of this breach, it's actually spoiled from the inside and it actually almost disintegrates in your hand. That is fisk. I mean, that's the mental picture of what fisk is. And so fisk in the context of our spiritual development points towards that idea of a spoiling from within. Now, the scholars will describe fisk in a more precise fashion in the context of spiritual development by saying that fisk is not equivalent to sin. Actually, fisk is the situation in which you've been commanded to do something, yet you do not perform the responsibility behind that commandment, which is different from there being something which you have been forbidden, like for example, Muslims are forbidden to eat pork, famously. Right? That is, and so if one were to eat pork, then that would be somebody who is doing something that is forbidden to them. A commandment, on the other hand, is 
something else. And now what are the commandments in the Quran? And so we go to another verse, and this is in chapter 16, verse 90. The word in Arabic for commandment is amr. It's like to command somebody is to amr, that person, to give and to command that person. So God says very clearly, what does he command? Allah commands justice. Wal-ihsan, virtue. Wa-ita'idil-qurba, and giving to kinsfolk. So notice that the commandments are principles. They're ethics. They're not rules to be broken. They're not laws that are broken. And so what causes a civilization to decline is when they've been commanded to justice, commanded to virtue, commanded to charity and service to those who are close to them, yet they do not fulfill that responsibility, and in actuality, they spoil it. They allow that to spoil. They allow those those. Um, connections that anchor the society of justice, of virtue, of the, of the moral society. They ignore them. They are a privilege, yet they decide whether it be consciously or unconsciously, they do not or they are ignorant of the reality of this decaying of all of these commandments. In particular, the first one being justice. And so despite their privilege, and maybe because of their privilege, right, because when one gets an excess of ni'mah, in particular when that extra ni'mah comes to you, that extra blessing comes to you, because you are a beneficiary of the existing system within a society, then it is in your own self-interest to either ignore or flat out just consciously try to take advantage of that system more and more so that you can increase the bounty of that is going to you directly. And so a civilization dies and is destroyed and ultimately its destruction occurs when they allow that fisk to occur, to spoil from within. And so you ask, I ask in times like this, when it feels like the world is ending around me, and then I read a verse like this, it just has a deep, deep resonance, a very tangible resonance. When I ask myself why and what and what is really happening around me and what am I, what's my contribution to it, this verse speaks loud and clear 
to me. And I want to speak very loud and clear first to myself and in particular to my Muslim sisters and brothers. See, if you're like me, then the natural tendency, right, especially in particular when you go and you come across many of the verses in the Quran that talk about these people of privilege, these the people who are living in luxury, it's very natural to think, ah, yes, he's talking about Pharaoh and his court, right? The 0.1% of ancient Egypt that rejected Moses. Or you think about um, the nobles of Quraysh that were around the Prophet Muhammad 1400 years ago that rejected him, that had their own self-interest within that, within that society. And so that a verse like this came to address them, to warn them that if they did not um, acknowledge that where the privilege they came, or that the privilege they had and they had, that, that they'd attained, where it actually came from, that that was actually a blessing that came to them. And in particular, with that responsibility, uh, with that uh, privilege comes a responsibility. It's not just talking to them. It's not just talking. It's talking to every single one of us. And that means every single one of us. Because every single one of us has privilege. Whether that be educational privilege, whether that be racial privilege, whether that be economic privilege, whether it be national privilege, we as Americans having privilege, we all are then also responsible for the fisc, right? We've been commanded to justice. We've been commanded to virtue. We've been commanded to be of service to those, our kinsfolk and those who are close to us. But if we allow that to spoil, either actively or passively, and that's the key thing, because many of us, while we might not be actively or at least we might not think we are. Covering our eyes, putting our fingers in our ears, burying our heads in the sand does not absolve us. You know, a close African-American friend of mine the past week kind um, of gave me two, two examples. He said they have an expression. Mind the pressure or the pipe will explode. And the other one he gave me was the jack in the box. You turn the handle and it's playing nice music and it's nice music and it's pleasant music and, it's, and you're enjoying yourself and you're smiling and then pop. And it pops out because the pressure gets too much. And it's like that rutbah that we said, the fisk of the rutbah, that you pick it up, you look at it, it looks and it has the color like it's healthy. But then when it gets pierced, when that shell gets pierced and it starts to corrode from the inside, then it disintegrates. 
And so I pray for myself, me with privilege, and all of the privileges and the excess blessings that I've been given, that now that my eyes have been opened and the eyes of my heart have been opened to the pain of my black brothers and sisters, the responsibility, the commandment I have, the opportunity I have to prevent the spoiling date is my willingness to stand up for justice and for virtue and being of service. May we all be people of justice, of virtue, of service, of open hearts and minds and love, and may God's peace and blessings be on you all.